Welcome to the New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, the New Mind Creator. Today I'll be interviewing Frank DeMaio. Please make sure to hit the subscribe button so that you'll receive alerts when new episodes are available on Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Also, please leave me a review on iTunes or Spotify. Received that diagnosis in the year 2000. So the book was a culmination of uh, our journaling experience and after her passing, the depth of, of my emotional turmoil, uh, what I like to call my rabbit hole of uh, emotional disquiet and complications of depression related to trying to understand that. And you were in a, obviously, a, I'm sure it was a roller coaster ride for you, grief. And um, how many years were you married? Um, almost a little over 15. Yeah. So. Long time to be with someone, you know. And um, what, what was it, what Christmas gift did you receive in 2006 that offered you guidance? and challenge your lack of mentality, well, <laughs> for grief, from grief, rather? Um, it was a CD that was produced by a motivational speaker on prosperity by the name of Randy Gage. And he outlined in his CD all of the particular principles and situations that a person can embrace from their experiences of life growing up, being negative. Because a good portion of our experiences are negative, even on a daily basis today. But at that particular moment, all of the framework that he was presenting on his CD, I was manifesting all of the difficulties, all of the fits and starts that I was experiencing. He was explaining and bringing to the forefront for me on his CD. And that impacted your life I guess, in a great way? In a very positive way. The drawback from that, unfortunately, was a, I had a promise that I was trying to keep for my wife. And that was to sail to Bermuda to raise funds for breast cancer awareness. And my journaling and my efforts in trying to fulfill that particular promise would throw me back into my rabbit hole uh, every time I picked up a pen. So despite the forethought and reinforcement I was getting on the CD, I was faltering. I was throwing myself emotionally back into a lack mentality that precipitated the continuation of my emotional disquiet. But it, over time, it got better. Once I completed the sale, I 
put everything aside and put it in what I call deep storage. Not that I truly forgot about it, but life gets in the way. And I was tired of being thrown back into my rabbit hole of depressive activities and feeling incapable of living. It sounds like a really tough place to be. It was for me, and, and I'm sure that every husband who experiences or is experiencing survivor's grief is going through the same thing. Because we have our, because of our upbringing and being the head of the household, we have our feet planted in two worlds. One is the world of imprinting that we experienced in our growth process and also what we deal with on a daily basis. The other is in the realm of a husband dealing with the emotional ramifications of the loss of a spouse. And the imprinted side has no reinforcing mechanism in it to guide a husband or to gu didn't guide me it just made my life miserable and of course i was happy in in that misery i was easily thrown back into the feeling and emotional disquiet i would jump on the banister laden with razor blades landing in an emotional bucket of alcohol as a reinforcer of my grief. Just to, you know, just to snap me, just to get my, wake me up. But it didn't always work. Did you, did you have anyone or a support group to help you during that time that you were trying to transition from the grief? That's an interesting question, Maurice, because in the beginning, when I first wrote the book, it was specific to husbands to allow them or let them know that they were not alone. And I had attended counseling through hospice a couple of times. My expectation when I entered the room was that I would be in an environment with other husbands who had suffered a similar loss. That camaraderie wasn't there. I was in a room with other people who were grieving for whatever particular loss they had. And that set me apart. And that was what I was looking for was that camaraderie that someone else knew exactly what I was feeling because I was a husband who had just lost his wife. Now, grief is a, an amazing umbrella. It covers a lot and it provides that program uh, steps and guidance for people to overcome grief. It's just that 
I was being selfish because I wanted some similarity. I was looking for some camaraderie, like I said, and it wasn't there. And that was the impetus to write the book for the other husbands. And how would you define survivor's grief if you could define it? It's a, a level of emotional disquiet, like I mentioned earlier, that is confusing and painful because it brings up fear, depression, despair, sorrow, and it's all of those elements that impact the husband or a spouse that takes away from their ability to live life. So they're survivors in the sense that they're left behind. And the grief is the precipice to which they're, they're standing on or falling into when they're jumping into the rabbit hole of of disquiet, trying to hide and isolate themselves. And because we're ill-equipped. We're as heads of household, we're expected to be stoic, emotionless, and have answers. But none of that happens. We slide in or jump into that rabbit hole of despair. And it leads to our own ill health and emotional decline. What have been some of the feedback you've received from men? Feedback? Yes, from your book. Has been, um, of the few people that have come forward through email, they are a little confused by my book because they see these elements that I've put in there that were things that I did for myself. And I offer examples or, you know, words or rather than I can't, but I can, the transition from negative to positive. And that seems to tip the scale for them, that when they see that there's some example of positive influence from the steps that they can follow or the habits that they create, they feel better about it. But you know, some say great, some say you're crazy. And that's okay. You know, it's, it's my personal experience. It's my personal journey. It helped me. I'm just offering it out to the universe to say, hey, this might help you. Try it. What do you got to lose? What are some ways that you are things that you did to help you overcome negative self-talk that wasn't beneficial to you? Um, the journal was one, but it took me a long time to, to get into that rhythm. Uh, doodling and drawing and being a kid again helped. 
Um, the other was coming to grips with the idea that grief is, can be any loss. It doesn't really matter what it is for an individual. And the process of moving forward can be months or, in my case, years. But it all depends. The, the other was like I surrendered. I finally surrendered. I wasn't any pig-headed any longer. I wasn't, you know, saying, I can get over this. I can do this. I'm not going to allow this kick me down. But at the same time, I'm jumping on that banister and jumping back into my rabbit hole of despair and just continually reinforcing the negative rather than trying to create the positive. So the positive with surrender was to let other people help me, was to ask for help because it's there. Family is wonderful. They were always present, but they were intermittent. It wasn't something on a regular basis because I didn't live close to my family. I was in a different state far away. Um, the other was my expectations. Um, the, I, I can do anything, useful type of exuberance, didn't hold water. And I had to change that thought process. And that was like little bites or little steps, like the idea or the concept of eating an elephant one bite at a time, rather than trying to consume it in one sitting. And that was essentially what I was trying to do with my grief and I, and it wasn't working. So I had to lower my expectations of it, what happened by doing that is it gave me opportunities for breath to find quiet, to find some solemnness in my grief that was actually positive. And that positivity was finding elements that my wife and I shared that were based in laughter and joy and happiness. And that is the positive side of it. So once you lower those expectations like I did, then you have the opportunity to open the door. Speaking of doors, one of the most devastating elements of being in that situation is shame and guilt and despair, but mostly shame. We were brought up with the reinforcement of negative things, like you can't do this, or you shouldn't do that, or don't, don't run. Don't jump in that puddle. Those are all things that we put in store in our brain and our memory synapse as being experiences because our experiences, our, our external environment drives our conscious activity. It doesn't impact our subconscious because it's how we're dealing with our environment on a conscious level. 
So being able to show blame the back door takes tenacity, takes strength, takes perseverance and determination and faith. And it's a difficult road, but it is surmountable and it can be done. Uh, and <laughs> I'm a testament to that. The other, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. The other? Um, uh, the other is to, to, to dispel a lot of the negativity that's involved. Like I mentioned, looking and finding the laughter and the joy and the happiness in the relationship. It doesn't necessarily have to be just with your spouse or your wife. It's everyone. Everyone that you see and are involved with on a daily basis. It's putting that positivity of intention of wholesomeness forward and finding it and embracing it on a daily level, on a daily time. It elevates your endorphins. It releases hormones, neurotransmitters in your nervous system that act just as antidepressants. It's uh, a wonderful thing to go through, actually. When you, when you do it, it's, it's elevating. It's like having your positive affirmations or writing your daily gratitude list and, and then moving forward with your day. These are all positive intentions, and they are amazingly powerful. How can people get a copy of your book where is it being sold it is on amazon um, there's two editions one is the ebook and the other is the paperback what is your one to grow on what valuable piece of information would you like to leave our audience with find the what why and how of your difficulty emotionally or what you see as your negative influence on your physical body, your mind, your expressions of spirituality. All of these things from a conscious standpoint are what you experience consciously on your day. But if you can find the what, why, and how for that, you can put that into your daily thought and positive affirmations and considerations for change. You can be successful in life if you follow those three elements and place them in positive actions. Thank you for listening to The New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, The New Mind Creator. This podcast has been sponsored by Abundant Sports and True Serum. Head over to www.mauriceflornoy.com to receive more motivation and insight to help create your new mind.